This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Born in Great Britain and now based in New York, our next guest is a director who has worked in television and film, worked as a correspondent for Reuters News in London and Rome, and as a travel writer and photographer in Southern Africa. And now you can watch his latest documentary that explores the dark side of the music festival that brought the 90s to a violent and fiery close, Trainwreck, Woodstock 99. Please welcome, Jamie Crawford. Hey Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey there, good morning. I'm glad that I'm glad we have a good connection. And this this documentary is so it's so weird because anybody watching it's gonna know it's a great documentary. It's a terrible situation and in the death of a of a wonderful idea. But like for me, it's hard for me to watch because I was at actually ninety-four and I did my first broadcast out of a studio when I was beginning my career in this rock radio business at ninety-four, which is a completely different vibe from ninety-nine. I've actually, I've been, I've been getting some insider intel from your colleagues about your 94 experience. I hear you've got some pretty remarkable stories to tell. Oh, no, no. If, if, if dropping acid, being dirty in a tent, and, and you know, running around in muddy fields is your jam, I'm your guy for storytelling. <laughs> yeah, so some of, some of our interviews should have been ringing bells with you, I'm guessing. Yeah, but... Yeah, I think, I think you're, you know, you're absolutely right. From everybody that we spoke to, the, the vibe at 94, five years before the 94, the 99 festival was was completely completely different and i think you know the fun, the fundamental difference between the two festivals being that 94 was very much kind of designed for the the crossover generation right, right. they they, they hoped that the the original festival goers from 69 would bring their children hence the kind of mashup of music from from dylan to green day right um uh, but come 99 it was very much the, the plan that they would be handing over the woodstock baton to the next generation so that so the musical lineup was was really focused at that sort of late teen early 20s it was a group. money grab too like there was there were no trees no grass no 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 outdoors no you know it was asphalt and and ugly and it was harsh and hot and overpriced and it, it just it didn't share anything in my eyes except it was giant and it was called woodstock other than that that's to me is where everything really stopped yeah, I think you know. I I think the intentions behind the entire festival were good. Um, you know, everybody, uh, Michael Lang genuinely wanted Woodstock to be a sort of uh, cultural icon that would continue on through the generations and represent something special for for each new generation. But um, the the reality is that you know 
putting on a music festival is a money-making business. And unfortunately, when it came to this version of it, that that balance between commerce and entertainment was um, was massively out of whack. Like you say, you know, it seems to be. It would you would imagine that it's kind of basic 101. Um, if you're hosting a big party, that you make it comfortable for people, right? Especially if they're paying 150 sure. bucks for a ticket. Of course. Um, and I think that. I think there were a lot of kind of, there was this sort of combination of like missteps and misfortune that all came together into this sort of horrific cocktail of of unfortunate events that brought the whole thing tumbling down. Well, and I think that even the music uh, that they they chose, like, you know, Metallica played 94 and 99, but it's heavy. But Limp Bizkit, it was a different time. It was that divorce rock. People really just, it was a, a whole genre based in, this this odd male aggression of broken families and making it okay and basically just tear everything up stuff. And so you take three, three, four days of people in the heat, they're running out of money, they're hungry. Then you think about the bands and the situation. And yeah, by the time they decided to stupidly hand out 100,000 candles, they're just going to burn it to the ground. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think individually any one of those bands not to blame in, in any way you know no, i don't think the bands of, are the kids of that generation loved loves kind of getting like getting their frustrations out but i think what's interesting as you say it's it's when you've when you add to that multiple days of exhaustion and drugs and hangovers and and beating sunshine and not enough water and and general accumulated grumpiness it's uh it makes for a pretty fatal combination and also sure. i think that and to, to his credit, um, John John Share, the promoter, who who you know in many ways did sort of duck and dive a lot of questions, did put his hand up and say, you know what, my one bad, you know, one my 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 worst move was the arrangement of the lineup. It wasn't sure. just that these big bands have been brought together, but they were put like back to back to back to back, and so the the, the result is that you have this building, building, building energy that has nowhere to go, and it ends up going back. Well, and I think, and I never, for the record, just I want to be very clear, I never blame the music in, in, in itself. I think that there's a, a social culture out there that kids, they, they emulate. And so at that time, it was all wife beaters and backward red hats, and it was a pretty aggressive scene. At the, <clears throat> at the other one at Woodstock, it was, a, it was a costume party as well. It was just kids who were trying to be hippies. They were trying to emulate what they heard about Woodstock. So it was, the, the whole vibe was to try, above all things, to have this peace and love even, you know, it doesn't mean they were even any better people, but it's just that cultural situation, I think, about what the expectation was. Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's really astute because you kind of see, don't you, there's this kind of herd mentality yeah. that goes into any event. And, you know, you look at Coachella or any of the festivals these days, and there is a similar herd mentality. Everyone's wearing the same clothes, right, right. and everyone's wearing the same sunglasses, and everyone does the same kind of thing. And it just so happened that at that festival, that herd yeah. um, was, was the sort of herd of angry young bulls. Yeah, no, it's, that's why it's so weird for me, because I, I have overly romanticized 94 in my head, because it was such a, a joy, and it was the beginning of the career, and all those things that we do as time passes. But, you know, so 99, yeah. like I started to watch the, I watched the first two this week and it was really like it was honestly it's a great documentary it's hard to watch for me because it just pisses me off to see people act like that and it pisses me off to see promoters do the wrong thing with water you know like the fact that there was no water to be had like that's crazy to to lock people away from from basic services yeah i think it's i think it's one of those decisions isn't it you can you can what we tried to do was sort of um lay out the ch- 
chain of events or, or pull back the curtain, I guess, on yeah. the production, um, yeah. on how this festival was put together and lay out the chain of events that appeared to sort of combine to, to bring the whole thing down. And, and one little decision early in the process where you say, you know what, I'll tell you what, it's going to be easier if we just like sell off the food and drink rights because this is a massive event. So if somebody else can deal with the food and drink, then that's one thing we can tick off our list. Yeah. You, know, you, you can imagine that decision being made in a meeting you know, eight sure. months before the festival, whatever it is. And then you don't realize that the consequences that that is going to have could be absolutely enormous. And yeah. I think also, you know, nobody anticipated that it was going to be so hot. I mean, obviously, I'm in New York now and it is stinking hot all through the summer. Everybody knows that. But it does, it does rain pretty often. So I would imagine they were thinking, oh, you know, let's make a plan for rain. Oh, great. Asphalt, that'll deal with the rain. It won't be muddy. And actually, the complete opposite happened. So, so Jamie, uh, if you're just doing the show, Jamie Crawford's a director of the new three-part series Trainwreck Woodstock 99. Now, uh, because we did a lot of music festivals in this radio station that at one time was the biggest one in our country, in the United States. It was about 55, 60,000 people in one day. Uh, I don't know wow. if you've heard about this. Up the road in the 70s, it was called the Sedalia Music Festival. And there's this giant cover-up, and there's enough information. It is a fantastic story involving the mob, uh, the Senate hearings, a town was lied to. This little town of Sedalia, just 50 miles outside of Kansas City, and the lineup was unbelievable because they were going to have another music festival a la Woodstock called the Sedalia Music Festival. And you've looked into this because nobody's ever done a movie or a documentary that could really cover this. It is one of the most fascinating. Well, that sounds, it's that sounds kind of fascinating. What year, what year was that? Uh, it was in the 70s. I'm going to have to look it up uh, real quick. It, with this, hold on. Gregory, what, 74? Yes. Gregory, what was it? 74. 74. And uh, could you uh, pull up uh, the lineup? But the lineup was, it was just unbelievable. 1974, Sedalia, Missouri. And I'm telling you, Jamie, it's driven me crazy that nobody has set this up and done the right thing and made a great movie or documentary about it. It was was planned, but it didn't happen in the end. Is that right? Oh, no, it did happen. It did happen. Okay, went ahead. They took over the entire city and were eating people's cows and corn out of the fields and taking over the entire fleet. There wasn't enough food or water. The promoter helicoptered out with the money and and Wolfman Jack. Like, it is, there's so much involved in this story. And then the town was very, uh, they literally covered the entire fairgrounds. They said it was unfit for human to be near it, and they literally raised the entire thing. All the film, uh, a lot of the film was taken away. You can find a lot of information, but the original promoter, Chris Fritz, is still alive here in Kansas City, and he's been on this show talking about it. I'm telling you, look into it, because it may be your next fun project. It's tr- it's Trainwreck Season 2. Yeah, I'm telling you, you would love this. It's, it, I'm telling you, look it up. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Thank you. Maybe you've just got me my next job. That's I did. I just want to see someone tell the story right and really tell it for how good it is because it's an amazing, amazing piece of lost history. Yeah, well, I think what's amazing with these things as well is that there are so many people involved that, that you know, there is never one single story, right? That's what's so fascinating about these it things. Is. Right. Ask a million different people and you'll get a million different stories, but that sounds totally intriguing. You'll love it. Train wreck Woodstock 99, uh, and again, you guys should find that right away. And just so you know, the lineup that day was uh, uh, that those couple days was Bachman Turner Overdrive, Aerosmith, uh, Blue Oyster Cult, The Eagles, America, Marshall Tucker, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, Boss Gags, Ted Nugent, Leo Kotke, Jeff Beck, Skinnerd, Bruce Springsteen, Charlie Daniels, Joe Walsh, The Ozark Mountain Daredevils. I mean, I'm, I'm just going over the big ones. Uh, the Sweet, uh, REO Speedwagon, Bob Seeger, Elvin Bishop, host MC was Wolfman Jack. It was an amazing, amazing train wreck.
Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Fascinating. All right, well, listen, uh, I'm going to watch The Last of Woodstock, and then I, I, uh, I can't wait to see what you do next. I hope it doesn't make you too cross. Enjoy it. Thank you very much. <laughs> I love it. Isn't it funny? Like, even he could tell, like, we take music so personally in life, so personally. Yeah. And I do, too. And music means a lot to me. It really does. Like, the moments, and I think promoting, I get stuck in that because of all we did with Rockfest. Mm hmm like, it was a big deal. We, nobody will ever know, and it shouldn't because it's boring, how many meetings there are about how do we keep it safe? How do we make sure people are okay? How do we keep people smiling? Because it was never supposed to make money per se. That's why the ticket prices were so it was low just for that supposed many to be bands. A, a party. It was a promotion to uh, ingratiate our radio station to the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it grew and grew and grew and grew, obviously. But it was, that's its original purpose was just to say thank you and promote the radio station. That's what those concerts, original ones with, you know, Cheap Trick and Jackal out at the lake and just all these shows over the years. And as it got to be this monster, man, it became very real. How do you protect people? How do you keep them safe? How do you keep them well, happy? Almost every meeting started with, I'm a kid in the sun and I want to see music. Yeah. What, what do I need? Yeah. And you start talking shade, water, cheap yeah. food, bathroom. Like yes. you start talking all the things you would need because at the end of the day we aren't really concert promoters we're a radio station that only survives on people still liking you Mm -hmm. and thinking you're a good part of the community so you could you had to know that number one far and away and unfortunately it made money and then corporate was like oh oh there's cash oh and then then those dirty fingers got stuck in the otherwise very clean new vagina (laughs) (laughs) this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 